What's up everyone? Today we are talking about making consistent gains and avoiding injury, also known as how to recover effectively. We've had a couple of questions on the uh, YouTube stream actually about uh, how do I manage to continue to do those workouts at the level that I do them at when other people are finding that they go really hard one day and then the next day they can barely do half the workout. So we're gonna be talking to you about very well-researched strategies for rest and recovery and, and seeing consistent gains without injuring yourself. All that and more coming up. What's up everyone? In case we haven't met, my name is Rad Burmeister. That there is my brother Yanni Burmeister and we are the co-founders of Unity Gym and the co-creators of the UMS, the Unified Movement System, where we turn driven people into superhumans. And the reason we get such astonishing results with our members is that our program has a perfect balance between strength and flexibility. It's very unique because it's not just that we show you how to stretch and we show you how to do strength training. We put it all into one workout so you get it done in a really reasonable amount of time. If you want to know how we do it, grab one of our blueprints, the strength blueprint, flexibility blueprint, or nutrition blueprint. There's a link in the description for all of them in this video. And today we're answering some really good questions about rest and recovery because I think, um, you know, it's kind of like a lot of you won't know who Gary V is, but I guess it's kind of like that daily V, right, that Gary V did. A lot of people were calling him out saying that what he that he doesn't practice what he preached like nobody could live that way so he did this daily v thing to show everybody that that is actually how he how he lives his life he did it for a year and it shut everyone up and i think maybe these shows have not like anybody was criticizing us but i think people are starting to see that we do put our money where our mouth is and you know i'm doing these workouts at a really high intensity every day and i'm doing them every day there's no hiding for me from the camera so we're starting to get some people to ask how the hell does rad do that you know, day in, day out, and, and, and keep up to that pace and not five, get injured. Five days a week. Five days a week. And um, it's well, the it, tr truth be told, our um, exercise intervention for all of our members is five day a week. Yep. And, you know, people um, are generally, the general consensus that I've observed is that when people come to join Unity Gym, there's a lot of people are put off by that. A lot mm, of people are yeah. sort of surprised that we say, no, 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 we, we all train five days a week, every mm. day, if you're at work sitting in your chair, then we do something daily to offset that. Yeah. And most people are sort of used to having a personal trainer two or maybe three days a week. And then the other days they're told that they have to rest and you can't exercise every single day and you can't, um, uh, you know, you can't uh, continue at that pace every single day. The problem is that people don't understand how to manage load. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And like the first thing that I'll say is that I've been training for a very, very long time. So this is one of the first mistakes that people make is the first mistake that people make is they compare themselves and what they can do next to somebody who's been doing it for a lot longer than they have. And it takes time to be able to do uh, to train at my level. It does. It takes time. So let's put that aside. Um, you do have to allow your body the, the time to adapt to it and you cannot expect um, if you're new to this uh, type of training and you're new to training five days a week that you're going to be able to keep up with somebody like me that's just that's off the cards you've got to accept that you've got to just accept that your workouts are going to be a lower intensity than mine are or you're going to keep up with me and then after a day or two you're going to need to take a day off which is not what we recommend we don't recommend training like that yeah that's right so now let's talk rest and recovery how do I do it well, hang on. Re rewind quickly why don't we recommend doing it 
Because it, it, there's too much risk of injury. If you train that hard, if you train so hard that after two days of training, you need to take a day or two off, which is what so many popular group training formats do. You know, we get a lot of people that have been to other, um, um, you know, group training facilities and they talk about how they'd do two days and they'd just be absolutely smashed and wiped out and they just there's no way they could go on the third day they talk about all the injuries that they've got that they sustained there um and that's why that's not a that's not a, a way to train for longevity that might be a way to train when you're in your 20s and you bounce back and you don't realize that these injuries that you're developing are going to still be with you in your 40s and 50s yet and you don't care because you just want to compete with everybody else you know, that's what we did when we were that age. Yep. But I'm about to turn 42, you're 40. Um, we have a very, very different goal for our training now. And that is that we want to be able to do what we're doing now for at least another 20 or 30 years, you know, and at, at least at a decent level. So it's a, it's a sorry to interrupt you because I do want to dive deeper into this because I think it's really important because it's not a common um, belief uh, that, you know, training consistently and frequently is superior to training um, intensely, intensely yeah. you know, mm. and it's not many people do it. You know, most people, myself included, when I used to be a personal trainer at one of the big chain gyms here in Australia, uh, I used to say, you know, train real hard one day, rest the next day, train real hard one day, rest the next day, or train real hard two days in a row, rest the third day and go, that's a common, common. Mm. Yeah. But then when, when we got to a higher level and we started to hang out with, um, you know, even people like uh, um, Sebastian Orob and Cameron Orob, uh, Australian strength coach, but uh, a lot of people that were training um, where we are now and professional athletes, you know, league players and stuff like that, they all train or they all do a lot of physical activity every single day. And uh, it, not every single day, they have like one or two rest days a week, but at least five out of seven days, they're doing some form of exercise, you know, some, most of them six out of seven days. Um, but they manage load much better. You know, they're not always going as hard as they possibly can, especially not professional athletes. They only go as hard as they possibly can once a week yeah. well, when, every, they when they play. Well, everybody that we know that trained at that level that's now in their late 30s, early or 40s and even 50s, no one trains like that anymore. And we, a lot of them don't train anymore, period. Yeah, that's you right. Know? That's right. But if we talk about three people that we know, two of them we know really, really well, four people that we know, three of them that we know really well that have gone through this whole phase that we're talking about. So Cameron and Sebastian Orup, really good friends of ours. Um, Aaron McKenzie, a great friend of ours. And also uh, Craig Wing, who was a member here. All people that- Daniel Vadnell? Yeah, Daniel Vadnell, yeah. All people that used to train at an extremely high intensity in every single workout, who after you know, a string of injuries and just feeling like it wasn't the right way to do it now reduce the intensity from day to day, week to week, and have a period where they'll peak only at a, for a very short period of time. And then they'll go back to training at about 70, 80% intensity. And it's all about consistency. And that, that uh, approach produces far better results as you get older. It definitely yeah. does. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was, uh, who was interviewed on the Joe Rogan podcast. It was, um, 
George St. Pierre's coach. Uh, I know the guy, but I can't remember. I can't um, remember his yeah. name. Yeah, the, um, the example that he uses, and this, the, he's a strength and conditioning coach for um, some of the top MMA UFC fighters in the world and among many other notable athletes. And he, he talks about this example of, you know, the person that trains at 100% for two days in a row and then needs to take a break for a day or two and then trains at 100% again. Um, the amount of volume that they get done in a week versus... The, or he talks about, um, I think he uses that example of the pull-ups where he says, if you could do 10 pull-ups and you couldn't do an 11th pull-up if someone held a gun to your head and you did 10 pull-ups in your first set and then you did in the second set, there's no way you'd be able to do more than six or seven. Firas Zahabi. Pull-ups. You couldn't do six or seven pull-ups in your second set. And in the same example, you couldn't do more than three or four pull-ups in the third set. In that example, you've now done, if you did 10, 7, 4, you've done 21 pull-ups in a workout that had three sets. But the same person that does eight or nine pull-ups in each set, so they don't go to failure, they could do eight or nine pull-ups. In that example, you'd be able to do eight or nine pull-ups for three sets for sure, yep. which means you've actually done 24 to 27 pull-ups in one workout as opposed to 21. Do that twice a week and add that up over a year. The amount of volume that you do differently is exponentially greater from the person that trains sub-maximally, yep. and that volume is going to win every time. And that is the key take-home from today's work, from today's show, I think, and this is why I wanted to dive deeper into it. Volume, no strength coach is ever going to argue against the fact that volume, total workout volume, total volume of stimulus on a muscle or total, a group of muscles. Total um Phase, total, peri total periodization volume, yep. like the amount of volume you do in a six-week phase or yep. a four-week phase. Is, is absolutely the key essential ingredient to growth and development in the body. Yep. And uh, it is the secret source to working out. Yep. You're always trying to manipulate the variables to get enough volume to elicit the response you want, That's the right. adaptation yep. result. And the intensity is manipulated and changes in response to the way that the volume changes your body. Like as yep. the volume changes your body and you start to go, oh, wow, I can can increase the intensity of this exercise now and the intensity refers to the difficulty of a, of a movement when you're talking about calisthenics or body weight training or it refers to the amount of weight that you're lifting when you uh, are doing a weightlifting movement yeah so that's what everybody tries to manipulate or it will in, in determine on in a cardiovascular session your percentage of max heart rate that you're training at so yeah. how high your heart rate is for the time that you're training that that would be considered an intensity as well so yeah, that, so that's why we do. Um, that's why we value consistency over intensity, consistency and frequency. So that's why we try and encourage people to at least train five days a week, and uh, for some people to even train six days a week if they want to. Yep. And the only way you can do that is to train the way that we've just spoken about. Yeah. Right? So that's the first thing. But the, but now um, I guess we can move on to the more specific question: How does Rad train at this intensity, day in, day out, week in, week out? It's a very, very um, well-developed relationship between my mind and my body where I understand what my body can do. And there are some days, there were some days in that uh, mesocycle that we just passed where I stopped doing burpees and started just doing squat jumps because I could feel that my shoulder, which is the injury that I did last year, I could feel that it was 
coming up a little bit. And the old me, it w- wouldn't have stopped me in the workout. But mm. the ol- and the old me would have finished the workout and I would have got inflammation and probably not been able to do any upper body work for three, four, five days afterwards. Yeah. But I know that within myself now. So I know when it's time to say, okay, it's, it's time to back off now. Um, and that takes a lot of practice. That, yeah. takes, that takes time. But the better approach is to take the safer approach there's some people that go a little bit too safe and they never push themselves hard enough but i would say more people push themselves too hard and and and, you know injure themselves yeah i don't know yeah maybe not we we're exposed to those circles of people but there are a lot of people out there that don't push themselves hard enough and i'm a firm believer and this might sound a little bit sadistic but i'm a firm believer that Life is about experimenting and pushing the boundaries. For know? sure. And we would certainly not be where we are right now if it wasn't for our, uh, our, our, our I guess, our obsess, obsessive nature of pushing the boundaries and, mm-hmm. um, and testing ourselves to the, to the limits. And yes, of course, I don't wish upon anyone <clears throat> the, the, the types of injuries that we've sustained along the way, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of. It depends feel. on the goals you want. If you and if you have big goals, then injuries are going to be a part of the journey. It's just the way it is. Uh, I don't know anybody that's been able to completely avoid injury, one hundred percent. But you can mitigate the risk. And so, how do I do it? How do I um, train at the level that I train at? Well, the first thing is that that becomes a priority in my life. So. I don't drink alcohol uh, at the moment at all. And the food that I eat is very closely monitored. So I'm not um, somebody that only eats grass-fed, organic chicken feed that was grown on the you know Himalayan mountains in spring when the sun was coming only from this angle. It's not like that. Um, but I do always think about the macronutrient value of my food, meaning what's the protein, carbohydrate, and fat content. Um, I think about eating whole foods. I think about not having sugars. And then I allow myself a cheat meal here and there, like a burger or a pizza or something or a bit of chocolate. But it's very calculated. So it's not just, I don't just give in to my, so that's the first thing. The second thing is the sleep. Sleep is prioritized. I don't, um, you know, I make sure that I get enough sleep every night. That's really, really important. And then the next thing is, which is what we want to talk about now, is um, rest and recovery can, and deload weeks. Can I just quickly say one thing, though? I want to I want to add, there's a, ca- there's a caveat to Rad's, uh, um, what, what Rad just said in regards to how he eats and how he fuels his body. Uh, he is very satisfied with his body composition. And when we're not satisfied with our body composition, we certainly don't have cheat meals. Honestly, yeah, like yeah, if we if we decide, okay, we need to, we've let it slide a bit. We've had a period away from training. We've been on vacation or whatever else, and we decide that we need to lean up and improve our body composition. There is no room for cheat meals. There yeah. is no room for beer, wine, and taking time off. And that's how our brain works. And this is one of the biggest problems with society and the way people approach their health and especially their weight management is that they have this notion that there's a notion that you exercise to make room for the, the little things in life that you enjoy, which most of the time have stacked up to 
uh, making your body composition the way it is and making you either overweight or uh, unhappy and dissatisfied yeah. with your current um, uh, health, state yeah. of health. And, and so they, they come to the gym and they train and we see it all the time, most commonly with our 28-day intensive clients who are new to our system, new to our gym. They come in and they work out real hard. They smash their first five day a week. We call it a perfect week uh, out of the ballpark. And then we see comments trickling in on the Unity Gym Tribe Facebook group going, oh, I feel like I've really earned this beer or I feel like I've really earned this, you know, debaucherous meal or whatever else, cheat meal. And these are people, the same people that came uh, a week or two earlier and said they need to lose 20 kilos. And they, you know, they, they signed on to this commitment to themselves to get themselves into shape. Now, here's the thing. Uh, your nutrition and, and the interventions that you do today are not about making room for tomorrow if you're trying to change. If mm. you're trying to change something, then you're making up for mistakes in the past. Yeah. And therefore, there you're is no room. That is exactly right. There is no room for the cheat meal, the mm. hamburger, this and that. And that's our mentality. We, If we go at change, if we're trying to change something, then we go at it 100%. Yeah. And I think that's important to point out yeah. because maintenance is much easier than change. Mm -hmm. Change is, is, is where you have to alter the way your body's operating. You have to manipulate or change the variables of your metabolism to push yourself into caloric deficit, which is never easy. It's never comfortable. And if you haven't cultivated a good, strong uh, relationship with discomfort, then you're going to find it extra hard to go into a calorie deficit because you feel hungry. And most people associate hunger to discomfort and they don't associate it to autophagy and cell healing and all the beautiful things that are occurring when you're hungry and when you don't have food passing through your digestive system. Um, and, and so I just want to really point that out. You know, you say, yeah, I, I allow for a cheat meal. I allow for that. But if someone's listening, who's 10 or 20 or 30 pounds overweight, and they are really, really wanting to lose that weight, then you got to take that with a grain of salt because that isn't, that's not an intervention for you. Yep. Your intervention is that you've got to, you've got to go all in, I think, yep. you know, on oh, your goals. I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. And unfortunately, the, the way that food is presented to us in the Western world is working completely against us. I remember when I, was, when I became a personal trainer and uh, I was 26, and I remember I, there was a, a friend of mine, Aaron, who had been a personal trainer for five years before me, and he was so he obviously knew a lot more than, than I did at the time, and I was asking him about nutrition. And... The things that I used to say to him, oh, you know, can I eat this? And it was, um, you know, I thought of, like saying, oh, I want to eat wholemeal multigrain bread instead of white bread now. And he just laughed at me and he would explain to me why it's really the same thing. And I was just so baffled because all I was going, and, and, I, and that happened so many times. There must have been 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 occasions where I'd say, oh, so can I eat this instead? And again, he just smiled and explained to me why you can't eat that if you want to be healthy. And what I realized after a while is that all I was doing, my whole knowledge on what I thought was healthy and unhealthy was based on advertising. It was based on what the food companies are telling us is healthy and unhealthy. They want you to believe. That's right. So anything in the supermarket that's called a savoury snack is unhealthy. Anything. Yeah. It's, uh, if it's packaged and it's called a savoury snack, it's unhealthy. 
And the it, it's really it's really hard for people to wrap their head around this because I see, you, people get offended when you tell them this stuff. They're like, "What are you talking about? I, I can't eat that." And you feel like saying, "Well, I'm not the one that made this up. I'm not yeah. the one that decided." what makes you, you know, put on weight and get fat and what makes you get into a healthy shape. All I'm doing is, you know, helping you to understand what it is. So that is definitely a big part of, uh, you know, of what we do, even though we went down a little bit of a tangent there. Bit of a rabbit hole, but I think it's an important rabbit hole because yeah. I do believe that these are things that people need to address in their life. And, and um, you know, this, this concept of uh, healthy diet and, and, and lifestyle and things like that is uh, something that we just seem to miss and overlook. Well, even if, even if we're not even talking about being a healthy weight, because that's not what the question was. It was how does, how does Rad do this? That, that's a massive part of how I do it. Yeah. My nutrition is, uh, is on point and um, it's a huge part of what I do. I also fast every day. So I fast for um, about 16 hours so that yep. I reduce inflammation and give my body a chance to heal itself from the inside out. So that's, and um, you know, yeah, all the benefits that come from fasting. Yeah, and there's another thing that's um, that, that's kind of like the elephant in the room. If you understand physio physiology and, and how the body works, is that your body is very efficient, very efficient at moving because you have a very very lean physique. You have a very low, a, ver a very healthy body composition. You probably teeter around the nine ten percent body fat um, uh, area constantly. So you're not carrying much additional weight. All of the weight you're carrying is efficient weight. It's muscle mass. Mm -hmm. And that means that you've got the power to weight ratio is extremely efficient. So you move better. The other thing is that you're very, very flexible in relation, in comparison to your strength. Your strength and flexibility is, is completely balanced, meaning that there's no, there's no restriction in the joints. So the joints aren't fighting themselves to get into the positions that you're achieving in the workouts. Mm -hmm. So when you compare someone who's an inefficient mover who's tight and inflexible, whose power to weight ratio is all out because they're carrying 20 or 30 pounds of extra weight, uh, that's fat mass, not muscle mass, so it's inefficient mass. Uh, those workouts, those body weight workouts are gonna be a very different story for that person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and this is something that we really love about calisthenics, about body weight training. It, it, the, the body adapts to what it needs to be like. Yeah. If you need to run to and from work every day or to run to hunt down animals, you become an exceptional distance runner. Mm. You know? If you need to run from uh, animals that are chasing you all the time, you, you become an exceptional sprinter. You know, if you need to move your body in a manner that controls your body weight without injury and uh, efficiently, then your body over time adapts to becoming a better mover, mm. a better, a, a more efficient mover, you know. And, um, and so you need to take that in, into consideration too. For those of you who are doing these at-home workouts, who are carrying a little bit of unwanted or unnecessary uh, fat mass, it's inefficient mass. It's not muscle, so it's not contributing to your movement. It's hindering the movement. It's making the exercises more difficult for you. It's often not just on the superficial um, adipose tissue sites, like the, the, the stuff you can see. If you're carrying additional weight, then it's going to be in the organs too. So it's going to be making the organs less efficient. It's going to be making the cardiovascular system less efficient. And so you need to take all of that into consideration as well. Mm. You doing the workouts um, in the same way that Rad does the workouts is going to be next to impossible. 
yeah. you know. So uh, that's not a reason to not try. That's not a reason to give up. That's a reason to work harder. It's a reason to set yourself more audacious goals, yeah. you know, get your body well, more efficient. Well, we get good at whatever we practice. So if you practice sitting around and eating Twinkies or, you know, just eating savory snacks and things like that all the time, then you're going to, over time, you're going to become fat and out of shape. And it doesn't happen overnight. Like we have a lot of people that say to us, I just don't know how I got to this point, you know. I, I feel like I'm doing the same thing I was doing a few years ago when I was in great shape. But it, it just happens slowly and it creeps into your life. And people sort of seem to think that if I make the decision to exercise that my body should change straight away. But the change to become back to being in shape happens just as slowly. Mm. It's not something that um, you can beat yourself into. It's not something you where you can say, yeah, yeah, you can't say I'm going to work so much harder in these workouts over the next month and expect to speed the process up. You can't do that. You There's an element to, you know, there is still this aspect of if you're not working hard enough, you're not going to get the results. And that's a real thing. Well, that we're you, not, well the, you, you, I'll just cut you off there because truth be told, you can. You can beat your body into submission. They mm -hmm. proved that on The Biggest Loser, mm -hmm. a very popular show, but not one of those contestants maintained their transformation. Yeah, and this right. is something that we've proven beyond any reasonable doubt. It, it, it's argued that the time, the duration, some, some say five years, some say seven years, but whatever you do to transform your body, you've got to be able to maintain for five to seven years yeah. for that to become your new normal. Yeah. For your body, for your satiety hormones, the leptin, the ghrelin that, that tells you to eat or s tells you to stop eating, um, stabilizes in line with your metabolism. It's not just that. It's, it's whatever you did to get there, you have to do to maintain there. So if you worked your ass off at an insane level and intensity to get somewhere, you're going to need to continue to do that to maintain what you've achieved. Otherwise, you'll bounce back as quickly as you had. So... It makes more sense to do it in a way that to is slow and consistent and progressively because that is maintainable. If you do something where you're training five days a week at a sub-maximal level and you, you do what we recommend where you go for a three-week cycle and then a deload week or a five-week cycle, then a deload week, well, that's sustainable. And yeah. we've proven that over years of doing it, not just ourselves, but with our members. But this idea of just working your absolute ass off for 30 days is it's unsustainable and um it's actually easier to do to do that than it is to um do it in a sustainable way because a lot of people can just go stuff it i'm going to stop everything in my life and just go obsessively on this for 30 days with the expectation that in 30 days it'll be over you know yeah. and it doesn't it's just not the way the body the, works, The health is not a destination, it's a lifestyle, and yep. that's n never been more true than when we talk about this sort of thing. Um, and, yeah, look, so to go back to the, the topic of today's discussion, to bring this in for a landing, the, the concept of um, in intervening with your life uh, um, to, to, to embed yourself, to empower yourself, we believe uh, needs to be done very regularly, very often. That's why we have an intervention here at Unity Gym uh, that's either five or six days. And we do offer a membership of three days a week for those people who are really just in, uh, not capable of getting here five days a week. Uh, but nine times out of 10, those people adapt and start to come five days a week because they see the value in it. Mm -hmm. So many of our members who start, who've the very first experience in Unity Gym, they're 
concerned. They have apprehension about the concept of working out every day, five days a week. But within a month or two, they're absolutely engrossed in it. They 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 learn to love it, you know. Bought in. And it, they buy in. Yeah, that's right. And one of the big reasons is because it's about building habits. It's about building rituals. You know, lifestyle mm-hmm. health is not a destination. It, uh, sorry, health is not a destination. It's a lifestyle. So to build your life around these daily rituals of exercise, that's a daily dose of flexibility, daily dose of mobility, which we do in our warm-up, uh, daily dose of strength and daily dose of cardiovascular exercise, um, it's the best way to do it, you know, but it has to be done progressively. And to, to, to answer the questions that have come in about how RAD's doing this day in, day out, it's about managing load based on your physical, physical preparedness, your conditioning level right now, and your body type. Like if you're um, carrying excessive weight, then you need to take that into consideration. If you're only new to exercise, you need to take that into consideration. But you need to form or cultivate a mindset of, okay, this is, this is going to be my new norm. I'm going to do this now. And and whatever I take on now and tackle right now and build as a habit now, I expect to be doing it for the next five to seven years. And the last thing that I really want to drive home, because this is massively important and this people get wrong all the time. And we see our members at Unity Gym getting this wrong all the time is effective deloading planned deload weeks so uh, my whole cycle like if anybody that was with me for this this whole three weeks you would have seen that every week i increased the volume i increased the amount of reps that i did in each set so that last week i really peaked and by the end of last week i was cooked i was really done knowing that this week i would be deloading and if you watch me do today's workout or yesterday's workout it was really light really really light and and i could have gone so much harder but I know that this is what my body needs. I can feel that I'm in a state of overtraining and I'm now going to supercompensate. And this is what so many people get wrong. If you get this right, you'll go up to a peak week in either a three-week or a, um, a, a four-week or a six-week cycle, meaning that you peak in week three of the four-week cycle or you peak in week five of the six-week cycle. And then you have a planned deload week. And that's critical to understand. And the next thing to understand as well, which p- even more people get wrong, is an unplanned deload week. Because an unplanned deload week is when you realize that you're in a state of overreaching, it wasn't planned, and you know that because you're now weaker this week than you were the week before inexplicably. You're still getting as much sleep, you're still getting as eating good foods, but all of a sudden you're just weaker and you can't do as many pull-ups or you can't squat as much. Then you need to do an unplanned deload week. And I do that as well. I've yeah. done, this year alone, we're only in April, I've already done either two or three unplanned deload weeks. I think I've done three, where I came in and I went to do it and I was like, man, I am weaker than I was last week and I'm in pain, deload week. And I come back so much stronger the next week afterwards. that's exactly right. Now, very quickly, before we wrap up, I just want to give a few shout outs. We've got quite a few people on the live stream. Simon Morgan is... um, uh, agreeing with Steve Cavana, they're both feeling really great after the workout and meditation this morning. I want to give you two boys a big shout out because that is um, absolutely what we're talking about with taking extreme ownership of your health and your mindset and everything in between. And um, good on you guys for getting the workout in and the meditation too. Lee Clements is uh, enjoying the topic. Firas uh, Salman is uh, super stoked that... Um, Joe Rogan's uh, guest, Firas Zahabi, is uh, sharing the same name. Now, I've linked that uh, full um, video. It's a three-hour 
I think it's three hours and 18 minutes, um, that interview. Guys, I've linked, I've, I've put the link in the comments here. If you want to catch that, uh, there are a few shortened versions of that um of that uh, where he talks specifically about the yeah, segment that we you, were talking if about If you go here. to the Joe Rogan Experience um, YouTube channel and type in that guy's name, I'm sure it'll come up with the short... You don't I'll, need to I'll watch the full three-hour um, one. I'll put it in here. Yeah, and it'll, it it'll, here. it'll come up with a bunch of... They always edit the videos into, you know, the gold nuggets because yeah. the, the one that we were just talking about, it was only a 20-minute clip of his whole thing. Yeah, I I'm, think. I'm putting it in now. Uh, the second link down the bottom is the exact part of the discussion that we're talking about here. And it's a super important point, guys. It is super important to understand that load management is key and volume trumps intensity every day of the week. Yeah. Um, Ashley Reid joined. Hello. Alana's uh, on here. Um, uh, good morning. Matthias, uh, good advice right there. Lee Clements, all about lifestyle choices. That's exactly right. Um, guys, uh, that's all we have time for this morning. It's 9.01, so it's time for Richard and I to get our daily dose of uh, exercise in. Um, big shout out to everyone that joined us on the live stream. And um, yeah, keep crushing it. It's good to have so, uh, so many people on here, I'm assuming, because you're all unable to um, go to work. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, so we get you here, which is cool. Uh, we are trying to get Phil in here. We did it again this morning, but it just doesn't look like the way we're doing it is going to work. It creates that horrible echo. We're still working on it. It may n mean that we need to, uh, yeah, figure something else out with the hardware, with the equipment we're using. Anyway, keep leveling up, in, Thanks for tuning in. See we you tomorrow for will... Wednesday's workout, 7 a.m. That's right. See you tomorrow. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.